Praise the Lord. We welcome you all to our live broadcast. This Sunday, January 30, 2022. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here again today. We thank you for the week. We thank you for your presence in the lives of your children. And even in the hearts of those who have not yet repented, you can need to knock at the doors of your heart that they may turn and invite your son Jesus to dine with them. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon all who hear this message or who watch this broadcast. Father, we pray that everything people will hear, those who have known you and those who have not, Lord, we make a change in their lives as they look unto you only. God, the only one who has paid the price by sacrificing his son, that all may be saved and come into that knowledge of you. We give you all the praise and honor, my Father, my God. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. We continue with our series, an instrumental taken from our brother Calibrasi. May the Lord continue to bless and enlarge his coast. It's the Will of God series. I encourage those who have not yet watched the first four to please try and do so. Because these are building blocks. Today is very important, like all other ones actually. None is less important. Number five, your will be done. That's our title for today. The rest of the series you can see on the board. Six, next Sunday, Lily Church of Bed Gods will we modify that topic. So let's go on to today's topic, your will be done. The outline. God's will is perfect. Two, the example of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Three, your will be done. Worldly prosperity teachers have taught that praying one of the greatest prayers means lack of faith. How false and how evil that teaching is, you will find out. God's will is perfect, item one. God's will is perfect. God's will supersedes every other will in the whole universes. Why created beings have agency? That means free will. To do as they will. Except they make their will contingent or conditional to that of God, meaning God's will should override their own will, they are bound to miss the way. Had Lucifer, the archangel that became Satan, elected to do God's will, he wouldn't have had ambition to supplant his maker. He would have seen the foolishness of that thought. He wouldn't have conspired with one third of the angels and there wouldn't have been a war in the heavens. And peradventure there wouldn't have been fallen humanity. He and the other rebellious angels should, wouldn't have lost their place in heaven. And they wouldn't have been cast out and condemned to end up in the lake of fire. 
Had Adam and Eve, our first parents, put God's will above their own, they wouldn't have eaten the forbidden fruit. And they wouldn't have been fallen humanity. You and I would have been in eternal bliss from day one. God gave angels and human beings free will because God is love. Always remember that. Free will is God's great gift of love because God is love. He didn't want robots. He wanted beings that would love him for who he is. The gift of free will is God's demonstration of his love for all human beings and angels. Though angels and human beings have agency to do as they will, God expected them to reflect and reciprocate that love by trusting him, the maker, completely. By knowing that his will is always the best. Even if he has given them free will. Praise the Lord. Trusting God completely meant asserting that though they have free will, God's will should always prevail. Because he, God, knows what is best for all beings, angels and humans. Only God knows what is the best. Why do you think Jesus Christ, the Son of God, made it a point to his followers to always pray that his Father's will should be done on earth as it is done in heaven? Why? Because he knows that Father's will is the best. Scripture, please. Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 to 10. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heavens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praise the Lord. Verse 7, when you pray, do not use very repetitions as a hidden do. Many people continue to mount the same thing from morning to night. They say they're praying. But they will not take time and study the word of God. So that because God also is talking to them. They want God to only hear them. They don't want to hear God. So they continue to say, Lord, Father, this is what it has to be. It is, has to be this. Or some of the apostate uh, denominations that continue to pray the same, what they call uh, a rosary or whatever, and use them repetitively. Please give me a break. Read the Bible, God is speaking to you through that. He's saying, in this manner pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the greatest prayer. Let God's will be done in your life, in your family, in everything. God, because God's will is perfect. So whatever you're asking God in prayer, Negate it immediately with let your will be done. Meaning, if it's not according to God's will, God shouldn't answer. Not as if God's going to answer your, our foolish prayers anyway. That is, I'm talking of foolish prayers of selfishness. That has nothing to do with God's will. That if God was to give us what he has, we have asked, we will be destroyed with those things. Our Lord and Savior told us here that God's will is perfect. He asked you and I to always pray. For God's will to be done on earth as it's done in heaven. That means praying his will to be done is a perfect prayer. 
Mother prayer is not perfect. When you and I pray for God's will to be done on earth, when if we pray for God's will to be done, not just on earth, but in our lives, and that of our family, friends, and everything around us, including let it negate the things that we have desired that do not conform to his will. Item two, the example of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The Lord just gave us an example. It's not all talk, he taught. He walked the walk. Next scripture, please. Matthew chapter 26, verses 37 to 42. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his feet and prayed, saying, O oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them asleep and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Praise the Lord. I want you to put yourself in the shoes of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As he was traveling before the Father, he knows what is going to happen because he knew God's will in the matter. Look at verse 39. He went a little farther and fell on his face, the Son of God, and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, meaning let this not take place. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In verse 39, we just read, our Lord and Savior demonstrated what he had taught his disciples, always to pray for God's will to be done on earth as is done in heaven. For God's will to be done in the lives of everyone. That that's a perfect prayer. Our Lord demonstrated that God's will is perfect. And we must always conclude our request with that. Verse 39 demonstrated the humanity of Jesus. Some people tell you, no, he was, he had the power to, of course he had the power, but he had elected to take our humanity on his body in order to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. As his flesh cringed at what was about to happen, he asked his father to let this cup pass. Yes, the humanity of Jesus was in full display. Father, I know, but can this pass? Maybe can we, the humanity is speaking. When you and I are faced with so much difficulties, may we remember this, that the Son of God himself cried to the Father and said, let this cup pass if it's possible, but not my will, because my will will be no at this moment because of my humanity. But let your will, Father, because you know best. Verse 41. says, watch and pray. Let's enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. That's our problem, most of us. Our spirit desires something. But the flesh is weak when we begin to look at our, our, our circumstances or look around us, our desires, those things that will never merit anything except to pull us away from God. 
In verse 41, the Lord is saying it. He experienced it. He experienced that the flesh is weak. The humanity of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 42, again, the second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from you, unless I drink it, your will be done. That's the topic today. Your will be done in your life, in my life. Whatever it is. If you want to show us, we say, No, Father, no, no, we don't want that. Yet, that is what is the shortest way to what? Inherit eternal life. In verse 42, which was read, the spirit wins, we praise God. The Lord surrendered, the humanity surrendered to the spirit. Our Lord surrenders to the inevitable, which is that God must sacrifice his only son for human beings whom he loves in order to save them from eternal death. Period. By accepting God's will over the weakness of flesh, the Lord went to the cross and destroyed sin on his body and triumphed over death. When you resist the enemy, there is something that happens in the spiritual realm. His acceptance of God's will led to the deliverance of humanity from Satan and opened the door for all who believe to begin to run the rest of eternal life. Remember, I've always said, not once said, always no. You are now in the stadium to begin to run the rest of eternal life. And they have to run it according to the rules. And where are the rules to be found in the Bible? That is a compass. That's a navigation equipment that leads us to eternal life. With a conductor, the Holy Spirit, the guide, leading you on. And the Lord Jesus Christ, empowering you to go on, my son, my daughter. We come to number three. You are will be done. We are not going to expose what worldly prosperity pastors, teachers, Jews have taught. That praying one of the greatest prayers means lack of faith. Means lack of faith, wickedness from the pits of hell. Worldly prosperity preachers brought in this false teaching that when believers make their request to God, they should never conclude it with your will be done. That was a teaching in the 80s, in the 90s, and now I'm sure. They asserted that believers can be asking for something and they turn around to tell God, well, let your will be done. Can you beat that? In this false teaching, asking God for something and concluding with let your will be done negated the request, so they taught us. The totals are praying, let your will be done, shows unbelief. It means that we who are praying didn't believe that God will do what we have asked. We should just tell God, you know, we know God is our servant, right? That's the implication. Tell him he will do it. Don't start saying but to God, you know. No. They forget other aspects of scripture that tells us so many other things. I here did embrace this false teaching early in my Christian journey. Though it didn't sound right in my heart. Something was not right. I had a disquiet each time I prayed. And failed to add, Father, I've asked for these things. But if they're not in your way for me, then let your will be done. I had a disquiet. I didn't want to add them. I didn't want to negate what I've asked for. Because God has to do it. And so we were taught. And so I embraced. 
So I'm not speaking as somebody who has not passed through that road. I'm trying to tell you that road is false. It's wicked. It's evil. Because this false teaching has been so ingrained in so many of us. It has become our part of our predispositions, presuppositions, pre-understandings. It has become part of what you might call a spiritual DNA. I suspect that some of you hearing me are still afraid of concluding their prayers with not my will, O God, but let your will be done. I'm sure. It's in us. We were taught. But we begin to cast and destroy that. It has nothing to do with Christianity. It's from the occult. That you visualize something, visualize it often, name it, claim it, and God will do it. Wow. But I'm here to tell you that we have been taught. What we have been taught by these only prosperity pastors is unbiblical. I suspect that only Satan could have manufactured that wicked doctrine. Because it goes contrary to everything in the scripture. If we believe that God only knows the future, then he alone knows what is best for his children. If we believe that God only knows the future, would God give us anything we're asking, knowing that granting it would destroy us? It's a question for you, it's a question for me. If we believe that God only knows the future, would he give us that which would lead us away from him just because we asked for it? Would you give your son or daughter a loaded gun, knowing a child of maybe 10, 5 years, a loaded gun, knowing that what that gun would be? Even though the God looks so nice. If we believe that God, only God knows the future, would he not give us only those things or create only such opportunities that would enhance our spiritual growth? Think about it. What would you if your parent give you a child or son or daughter? Wouldn't you try to give him or her those things you believe will help him or her to succeed in life? And yet God knows better. If God can be trusted, because that's what we are saying when we are saying, don't pray, your will be done. So we don't trust God. If God can be trusted to guide you and I, who is going to, who should be trusted? I'm going to go to the next stage. I'm addressing young people now. Many of you claim to have a calling. You are always imagining yourselves preaching in very large cities. And in front of large congregations, as you emulate and think of some of the pastors and preachers you know who are commanding millions of followers. But in effect, actually, you are looking to live a very luxurious life. You will not admit it, but that is the truth. You never see yourself preaching in the villages or ministering in poor communities. If you were to dream in the night, and some of you have dreamt it, and saw yourself preaching in a small place. You wake up sweating. You start casting out demons. And renouncing that what you have seen or had in the dream is not from God. <laughs> Maybe you have prayed before. You want to start a church that will grow in the thousands. That's, that's your prayer. A church to grow. Not to, not to preach the gospel of Christ. To win many, to, many souls. See, you want to start a church where you're going to be the big pastor, the big daddy or big mom. Obviously, when that dream comes, seeing yourself in a small community, 
Toiling, toiling, going from house to house, and you are being turned away, being cursed, being abused. You say, no, that dream is not from God. Because that is not what you prayed for. You had already told God what you want. So how can God be showing you now that you should start from these very small, humble beginnings? So it has to be Satan who is trying to bring this false dream so that you can embrace it. So you reject the perfect gift of God because it didn't conform to your worldly desires. But you young man or woman, you say you have a calling. If you happen to see yourself ministering in a large and opulent congregation in a dream, you wake up shouting praises, singing praises. It's happened. Thank you, Lord. You begin to claim what you have seen in the dream. You don't even think for a second that it may not have been God who showed you that dream. You say, no, how can God? No, it has to be God. After all, if you are seeing as a preacher in a large congregation, who says it's from God? Not necessarily, I can, I can assure you. So you immediately conclude that God is going to open doors for you to start a church in a big city. Period. You have a vision. You've got it. You tell everybody. You are going to see some place to start. Let me tell you what happened in the spiritual realm. Having accepted the devil's false dream, they soon begin to see themselves owning large mansions and riding best cars in their dreams. See? Is your prosperity is being sold now in your heart. The desire continues to do what? Grow. Before long, the devil has prepared you. You are now ready to do whatever it takes to actualize what you have seen in your dreams. After all, God has shown you the dreams you said. So whatever comes next, you are willing to do it. Unknown to you, Satan is watching. He's the one that sent those dreams. Soon he sends one of his pastors to the young ambitious would be pastor of a large congregation. We're taking one person now. One of his pastors, his own, you know, Satan has his pastors and Jews. And I mean, this first pastor introduces you to occult practices in order to obtain hypnotic powers. That's how many young men and women have been sucked in by the older generation of false teachers. So you are willing to kill. You are willing to do rituals. You are willing to kill, plant to my hands beside the altar. You are willing to do anything that happens in order to do what? After all, you have said it in a dream. Who said God sent you the dream? Who said God sent you the vision? I'm not saying God may not. He may have been, but how do you know? Only if you are faithful in looking and following what he asks you to do. And that's through his word. Therefore, when that false pastor comes introducing wickedness, you say, no, that's not that. that no, 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 if that's what I have to do, I don't want any part of it. How many will resist? How many have resisted? Young, ambitious will be pastors of large congregations easily fall prey to the men and women of the belly. Ambition in the things of God leads to spiritual blindness. Did you hear what I said? Write it down in your hearts. Ambition in the things of God leads to spiritual blindness. You can't be ambitious in the things of God. Are you a hand? You want to be a head? No, Christ is only the head. Are you a finger? You want to be? No, you can't be because you're only a part of a hand. That's how many have been derailed. Many young men and women who really were on fire for God got derailed because of what? The distractions of the devil. Because they never prayed a prayer when they, he saw that vision of dream. said, Lord, if this is from you, I'm open. 
If it's not, your will be done. I don't want any part of it. So no matter what you see or hear in a dream or vision, don't believe it unless you bring it to God in prayers again as a father. Is it from you? If it is, Lord, let it happen. But if it's not, I don't want any part of it. Because if you buy that Trojan horse, you are done. Young, ambitious men and women in the things of God, you will avoid your falling and dissenting to God practices. I'm summarizing. Have you prayed this prayer when you woke up that first time? And said, God, if it is you showing me this in a dream, let your will be done. But if it is not, I want no part of it. It is very important. You can't just take it for granted because you saw as a preacher a large congregation. Therefore, God must have told you to go and pray a large congregation. But when you see as a preacher in a small poor place, say, no, that's not for me. Immediately. <laughs> Why don't you again go back to God and say, Lord, if that is what it is, so be it. I don't know how else I can make it clearer. Your will be done is one of the most important prayers that you can ever pray. Don't believe anybody that tells you you can name something and claim it. That is from the occult. It is from the pits of hell. It has no basis in Christianity. You can't name and claim something unless it is in God's will. And often even when we have not named or claimed anything, for those who name claim, you are forgetting the Holy Spirit who makes intercession for us. And you forget Romans chapter 8, verse 28, all things work together for good for those who love God. To those who are the call according to his purpose. Have you forgotten the many scriptures? Even Ephesians. No, sorry, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. That goes on to 14. Because God has constructed this thing for those whom he has called. And you want to go and do all those things God has prepared. That's a summarization. But that says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Being identified with his sufferings and into his death, so that you may rise up until you from the just, so that you will do those things only he has appointed for you, which is the will of God for your life. God's path for you is different from God's path for me to your eternal life. Once you accepted Christ, fine. But now running that race, some will run it through the Sahara Desert, some will run it through the North Pole, some will run it through poor villages, some will run it, of course, into the light cities. It is God that decides who will be where if you are obedient. Not me choosing. Not you choosing. Anyone that tells you anything different is from the occult or is ignorant. I'm sounding this note of warning because it has derailed so many. God's will is the perfect will. Only God has decided how you run the race. The path you are running is not the path I'm running. But we're all running because God is the one who knows whether the finger will run a certain way, the toe will run a different way, the hand will run a different way. Only he knows. Nobody else knows. And Christ has shown us example. And I don't know who else can show us but the Lord Jesus Christ. Next Sunday we shall use maybe one or two of the apostles or disciples and show you what it means. When people know exactly what's going to happen to them and they still Continue knowing that it's God's way for them to be in that place that may cost them their lives. Praise the Lord. We're going to sing a song. We have to trust God. And that trust means trusting Jesus, His Son, who showed us the way. 
Trusting Jesus, that is all you and I are called to do if you want to inherit eternal life. If we don't trust him, he will not carry us along across the finish line. Praise the Lord. Simply trusting every day. Trusting through a stormy way. When it's stormy, when it's dangerous. Even when my faith is small or your faith is small, let us trust Jesus. That is all. Trust Jesus as each moment flies. Trusting as the days go by. Trusting in whatever may befall or could befall us. Trusting Jesus. That is all. That's the only way we can be carried across the finish line. Brightly dot his spirit shine everywhere into, into this poor heart of mine. Into your own if you have believed. Why Christ leads me, I cannot fail. And I cannot fall. And why Christ leads you, you cannot fall. You cannot fail. Because you are trusting him. That is all. Let us trust Jesus as the moments fly. Let us, my brothers and sisters, trust him as the days go by. Let us trust in whatever may befall, trust in Jesus, that is all. Singing, if my way is clear. Praying also, if the path is so gloomy, it doesn't matter what the situation is, sunny or gloomy. If in danger, Call him. Just trust him. Jesus is all. That's all he asks us. Let us continue to trust him as the moments fly as each day goes by. Let us trust him whatever may befall because he is God and he knows best and his will is perfect. Let us trust Jesus. That is all. We must trust him while life lasts. That is this earthly life. We must trust him till earth is gone. We have no choice. Unless we don't want to inherit eternal life. Till within the Jasper world, that is the heavenly walls, we, till we reach there, we must continue to put our trust. Only him, that is all. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, your word to us. We have had blessings, glory, and honor, Lord, to all who have heard this message today. May they, O oh Lord, that God, take this message to the world that God's will is perfect. And that your will is the only one when it's done, everything will go right. And that no matter the circumstance or situation, we must trust you. I give you all the praise and honor. Minister to every heart, Lord. Touch every home. Lord. May your work continue to have its way. And may it achieve everything for which it has been given. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, watch out for your children. Look out for them, Lord. Help them, Lord, to eternalize these truths. Help them, Lord, 
to jettison, that's throw away those things they have had that are contrary to the scriptures. Help them to be discerning, O oh Lord. Above all, help them to take the message to others so that they may help many to be freed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Father, may your countenance shine upon all this week. Father, may you continue to bless all who continue to tune into these messages. Bless them, Lord, with your knowledge. Bless them, continue to guide them and lead them and prepare them for that day when we shall meet in eternity. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. I will see you people next Sunday, by God's grace. Please continue to read your Bibles. It's very important.